Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, I need to tell you about the rising vulnerability from writing traditional paper checks. That's coming up in today's Clark Rage. And coming up yet later, there's something that's hot in investing. It is a fast-growing trend, and it's about only investing in companies that aren't in things people consider to be bad businesses. I'll tell you what they mean by that and what kind of investing that works out to be, and that's coming up yet later. So I want to talk to you right now about something that Britain is doing that I'm very excited about, and it's funny how in other places in the world, people are really getting with the program on trying to do more to protect our privacy. And we in the United States are just twiddling our thumbs other than the actions that have gone on in the state of California. So Britain coming up in the spring, social networks, uh, any kind of app, any kind of online activity that any teenager or younger engages in. So someone who's considered to be um, almost an adult down, there are going to be strict privacy rules that were passed that are going into effect. One more reading in the parliament, but it's certain to pass, where a child's personal information will be private. So let's say, like my son, 14, is on YouTube. Google, that owns YouTube, is not going to be able to track anything about him at all as a kid. Automatically, anybody who is up to 17 years old, starting at 18, the rules aren't in effect, automatically no information will be able to be tracked, no data mining will be able to go on, no targeted advertising, no tracking the location of kids, period. And this is the kind of thing that we need to have across the United States because left at their own devices, not just the big bad Google and Facebook, but a lot of tiny gaming companies, big gaming companies, social media types are using our kids as fodder to develop massive databases and targeted advertising. Now, whether or not we as adults should have rights to privacy of various types, I'm a believer in that. But I'm not as intense about that as I am about our children. And I can tell you the people at these companies are under so much pressure to grow, to grow revenue and all the rest, that the moral ethical equation gets pushed aside. And so these companies also are very powerful. They got a lot of money. And in our country, money is what makes the politicians stand up 
and say, yes, that is what we will do because you gave me all this money for my campaign or you gave me the rides on the private jets. Our politicians can be bought. And we, the American people, should have had enough of this. And I think that our kids are a place that we can draw the line, that we should at least expect when it comes to our children that our elected leaders aren't sellouts. And so we should have clear, without loophole, privacy protections for children. Now, what the British did is, I love because they did it market-based. So if I'm a website and I don't want to go through the process to vet whether or not somebody's 14 like my son, I can just, by default, set up where everybody's privacy is protected unless somebody wants to allow the invasion of their privacy. Or I can go through a process of age verification where I'm able, as best I can determine, whether or not someone is 17 or younger. The other thing is this has real teeth. If a company violates the law, the fine is 4% of their worldwide revenues. 4%, which is gigantic. If you think about somebody like Facebook or Google, that this is big-time money that they would have to pay if they don't comply with the law. So I think this is a good thing to deal with the problem of a reckless, careless, uncaring, big tech industry. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jeff. Hello. How are you? I'm great, but you're awesome. And someday maybe you can adopt me professionally speaking. (laughs) Okay. I heard and want to know what you think about it, if you've heard about it, a bank, an online bank that offers an APY that's about 10% better than the others. So which bank is it? A fitness bank. So I'm embarrassed that you're bringing up Fitness Bank because when I talked about Fitness Bank before, I said this was made to order for me. I was going to sign up for it and let you know what it was like. And then I promptly forgot. And now here you are embarrassing me by reminding me that I, for, me, for my purposes, Fitness Bank is perfect because their gimmick is the more you exercise and the more you can prove it, the higher an interest rate you earn on your money. Which is why I thought of you first when I heard about it. Well, because for me, you get the highest interest rate if you average 12,500 steps a day per month. And if I average that little, I would be embarrassed. So... (laughs) I'm crazy for not having signed up for it. Now I'll make sure I do it. People who have Apple Health can do it. You can use Google Fit. You can use Fitbit. I use Garmin. And then you sync it with the Fitness Bank app that tracks your steps, and then you get the money. So it is uh, something that is a pretty simplified thing 
And it's hard to stand out as an online bank. So if they're willing to pay me extra money as part of their publicity stuff than I can earn elsewhere, why am I not doing it? Because I'm a flake and I forgot. (laughs) But you know the dovetail with what I was just talking about with the whole privacy thing in the Great Britain is... Here in one case, I'm talking about how we should have these rights to privacy and all that. And then I'm excited about Fitness Bank, where I voluntarily choose to share my data with them in return for getting a better deal. There's, right. a, there's a real distinction to me with uh, websites and apps and all that, gathering our information, packaging us, building dossiers and all that, doing targeted advertising and only disclosing it in lawyer-written hieroglyphic terms of service that can be 100 or more pages, and this bank that just says, hey, you give us permission to track you, we'll pay you more money. That, to me, is being upfront about it, and I'm all about it. Have you heard anything negative about it or anything? Not a word. See, this is why I forgot, because I've never... Other than when someone called me and asked me before about Fitness Bank, it's never come up again. So the whole idea of using this as a publicity stunt to get people to sign up, obviously there are very few people as ridiculous as I am with my obsession about exercise. Well, even with your obsession, it shows that you're actually human, that you made a mistake, and we all appreciate that. You accept that I make mistakes? <laughs> Ask my family. They're surprised when I don't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I got, an, uh, I got an actual, after I registered, I got the email a couple days ago to join, and I was just waiting for your quote-unquote seal of approval. All right, so bragging time. How many steps do you average a day? Not enough. That's why that's one of the reasons I'm considering it. Oh, so you're using it as a motivator to improve your physical fitness by them offering you more physical fitness. Correct. Got it. Okay. Behavior modification. I love there it. I want to hear I want to hear how you do. I want you to call in a year and tell us how many steps you averaged over the last year. You can And how many pounds I lost. Perfect. And you can lie if you want, but it's better if you tell the whole truth. Stacy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Stacy. Yes. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Stacy. How can I be of service to you? Well, I don't know if you or your staff know. I actually got to talk to you about four years ago when I first got married. And so you helped us with some advice about some retirement accounts, and that served us well. So I'm really happy that I get to ask you about my baby's 529 plan. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, my kiddo turns one in two days. And we opened a 529 plan for him in our home state, and it's a plan that's on your list. Um, And what I realized after the last couple of months of reviewing it is that they're charging us a quarterly fee that is um, pretty significant. We're only able to um, 
put a very small amount into his account after we um, cover our our bills and our own retirement contributions. And so what I discovered is that they charge this set fee. I don't know if I can tell you how much it is. Isn't it like $3 a month, like $9 a quarter? It's, it's around that, and it's so regardless of whether you have $100 in the account or $10,000, it's the same fee. So if we had a lot to put in right away, it would make sense, but we have a lot of medical expenses after his birth. and Oh, and I'm such. sorry. So, he okay now? He, no, he's fine. I, <laughs> I had a hard time, but he's great. Oh, and how are so, you now? I'm, I'm on the mend, good, um, good. And, and so I anticipate in a year's time or so we'll be able to make heftier uh, donations um, or contributions to his account. But until then, I'm trying to figure out where's a place that I can put these small monthly contributions for him that's not our bank account because it doesn't seem to make sense to me to keep so if we're just putting in say you know ten dollars a month or so and and they're charging nine dollars quarterly that's not a good return right right where, so what you do here's what i would do is for now open an online savings account one of the online banks earn okay. your 1.5 or so percent on it right um, you'll have no fees with it when you get to where you've accumulated enough money that it's worth throwing into the 529, that's when you want to fund that. because so or, or you could even take money from somewhere else and put it in the 529 so that if you have any other pile, you could take money from, because then you'll overcome the $3 a month fee with having enough money in there. Because the expenses in your state plan are very, very reasonable other okay. than other than this right. annual fee. Got it. All right. Am I able to open a bank account in his name, even though he's a baby? You could, but don't. Okay, why? Just open Just open a savings account in your own name. You're not going to have enough in it that the interest is going to matter. You're going to want to own the 529, not your child. And mm-hmm. so then it's really easy once you've accumulated enough money in savings that makes it worth having the 529 account. Then you just move it over in a lump sum. I'd say once you've got um, $1,000 that you can put in there, then it really just makes sense to be in the 529. Got it. Okay, we'll do that. And I wish you a continued and complete recovery. Great. Thanks, Clark. Thanks. Bye-bye. Today's Clark Rageous moment is really, really important for you as someone who's in the habit of writing paper checks. Hear me? on this and act on it. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. According to the American Bankers Association, a survey just released, attempted check fraud has gone up 60% in the last two years. That one of the great vulnerabilities in the banking system is traditional paper checks. That's why a lot of other countries have already eliminated paper checks because it is an analog device that does not provide adequate security in a modern digital era. So understand if you carry a checkbook routinely with you, stop doing it. Do not carry that checkbook anymore. A single check of yours falls into the wrong hands, 
either a dishonest employee at a retailer or somebody steals your uh, checkbook or steals your purse that has a checkbook in it. The danger to you is unbelievable. I've done TV stories about people who ended up in jail because somebody wrote a check as if they're them. They had had the checkbook stolen, so they froze their account. And then a warrant gets sworn out for their arrest as the victim of the crime because somebody wrote a check as if they were them that bounced. This is ugly stuff. Also, businesses are a big target for check fraud. Businesses should do business with other businesses electronically. I know with my company, there are some organizations that still send me paper checks when they owe us money, and they're making themselves so vulnerable. Thank goodness I'm not a crook, or that they're not intercepted on the way to me by a crook. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com's our main website. Clarkdeals.com is where we go, where you can go to find money-saving tips each and every day and night, where we post deals as they appear, but we only post deals that we think are real sales, not non-sale sales. Speaking of which, uh, this is a time of a lot of clearance sales on TVs. The new models for TVs are coming in in the next, oh, about five weeks. The retailers will start stocking the new models. So the Super Bowl is an excuse to clear out a lot of TVs, and we have a roundup of the TV sales today. Uh, Some of them are right about the price of the lowest Black Friday deals, Others uh, whisker higher than that, but the sale prices are really excellent if you are considering buying a new TV. Sub $100 personal TVs right now are available. So we have had pretty involved discussions as a team about socially responsible investing. There are a lot of people who don't want money that's going into their retirement accounts, investment accounts, 401k accounts, anything like that, where money would be going into what they consider to be bad companies. People's definition of a bad company, though, oh man, and this is the, the thing with socially responsible investing, since that became a real thing in a meaningful way probably about five, six years ago, it's been hard to define. Some people would say that tobacco companies would be that. Others would say a soft drink company would be that. Others would say that um, a liquor company would be a bad company. Others would say coal would be bad or oil producers or, I mean, just pick what it is that to you is quote-unquote bad. So this is something that you're going to see that you may be into the whole buzzword of socially responsible investing. Um, Other times there will be a term called ESG that's used, which is environmental, social, and governance. Governance means that how the company is run and how they treat their employees, basically. 
And so how each fund manager defines that could be very different. Because think about it. There are people who earn their livings busting their rear ends, extracting coal or getting energy out of the ground. And it's offensive to anybody who does that, that that would be considered to be bad companies. It's like people have gotten mad at me when I call coal dirty, rotty, rotten, stinking coal. And why do I call it that? Because of the air pollution it generates. Personal opinion. Um, so this is something, if you're looking at your investment choices, let's say in a 401k, and they have a socially responsible fund or something like that, and you think, oh, I'm going to go into that because I want to only invest in companies that have good values like I've got. Well, before you jump into that, you need to see how do they define it because they may eliminate companies that you love. Could be a tech company that you really like. Think about the most controversial of all technology companies in the world, Facebook. There are people who love Facebook. There are people who love to hate Facebook. So should Facebook be a company that, even though it's one of the um, most popular stocks in the world, one of the most highly valued companies in the world, should it be put on the bad company list or the good company list? So the other issue is what are returns like over time when you start slicing and dicing the market, if you're in uh, one of these things I love, an index fund, where you own little pieces of a bunch of different things, if you start saying, well, we're not going to invest in this company and not in that one and not in the other, you're creating more risk with what you're investing in as you shrink the pool of the companies eligible to be part of the investment that you're buying. So don't just do this at a gut level, emotional level, before you jump into socially responsible investing, if that's a thing to you that's important to you, look and see how that's defined by the fund choice available to you. And one other thing, look at the expenses for it. Go to the thing where they tell you the expenses. Because a lot of times, investment houses use that as a way to take your eye off the ball and end up charging you much, much, much more money and expenses for that fund than other funds and using the halo of they're doing socially responsible investment choices as a way to then charge you more money. That doesn't work out for you over time. Adam's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Not too bad. Good to talk to you. Well, good to have you here, and you want to go to one of my favorite places on Earth. That's right. Me and my soon-to-be wife are planning to go to Hawaii in uh, late September. Oh. Oh. How did you get to be such a genius? Because well, I can't take the credit. It was her idea. So, so you're doing a September wedding, a late September wedding? Uh, we're actually getting married uh, in June, and then we're waiting um, until later um, to take the honeymoon. She is brilliant. I know it. Wow, because, I mean, the typical cycle, June wedding, run off to honeymoon, pay top dollar for the honeymoon. By delaying the honeymoon 90 days, you're in the off, off, off season. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah, because we, we're basically just looking to, we have a couple places we think we're, we want to go. 
um, but we're just looking to save money on on flights and hotel and and maybe when when we should be booking each of those. You're probably a little early for booking stuff for late September because a a lot of the sales aren't going to happen till later and you're you are likely not going to want to be comfortable waiting as long as I'd want you to but if you wait till typically after the 4th of July to start watching for sales that will cover September okay how do you feel about that does that seem like way too far yeah, in the that, future no i i think we can possibly wait um for some of those until then i'll have to see what she thinks all um, right now let me say then, something else to you about the airfare to hawaii there have been continuous um airfare sales going on in the western part of the united states the mainland to hawaii in fact today there are a bunch of deals in the twos round trip from the west coast to hawaii and so that's because of something known as the southwest effect southwest started flying from a number of west coast markets to the hawaiian islands and the airfares to hawaii from those markets fell by more than half and that has not really infiltrated the rest of the country so often what will work best is to buy a ticket from one of the western markets to the hawaiian islands in the twos buy a separate ticket to california typically san diego sacramento san jose um, wherever the sales are going on very actively to the hawaiian islands and what i would recommend is set up um, at google or kayak set up fair alerts maybe do them at both to become obsessive They'll give you historical trends on fares. Track from your closest home airports. Where where do you live? Uh, Ohio. Where in Ohio? Um, around the Dayton region. Okay, so I would want you tracking fares from Columbus, Indianapolis, Cincinnati. Um, you could track Dayton, although Dayton has uh, not much air competition anymore. And you can get alerts where maybe you can find a deal right from within an hour of where you live with because those all three of those airports are like an hour from dayton and if a good deal comes up to one of those three which would be anything below 500 round trip to the hawaiian islands you go ahead and buy it Um, otherwise you buy a ticket to the west and then the separate ticket on okay and think about you could have kind of a two-part honeymoon if you get a deal out of the san francisco bay area you could go from one of the uh, southern Ohio airports or you go from Indianapolis or Columbus to San Francisco, have a little mini uh, honeymoon there, then go on to Hawaii. Then you get a two for one. Okay. We had actually considered either on the way there or on the way back maybe stopping um, on the West Coast. So that that might work. That would work out really well for you. As far as accommodations, are you a Costco member? I'm not. You might consider buying a one-year membership to Costco because Costco is based on the West Coast and is probably the most influential travel seller to the Hawaiian Islands there is for resorts, hotels, and condominiums. And so you have to be a Costco member to book 
at costcotravel.com to take advantage of the deals they offer once you're on land in the Hawaiian Islands. Okay, we could consider that. And other than that, um, VRBO is very uh, is probably the best market for VRBO. You know, where you rent somebody's condo, there is anywhere for VRBO. Airbnb is also a bigger and bigger presence in the Hawaiian Islands, where you could rent a condo for the time you're going to be in the islands. You tend to get a better deal in seven-day cycles if you rent from VRBO or uh, their fellow company, HomeAway, or Airbnb. Susan's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Susan. Susan? Yes. Hi, how you doing? Hey, I'm great, and you? Good, thank you. You are helping your daughter. Tell me about that. Yes, so my daughter's been in Korea, actually, um, two times in the military. Well, thank her for her service to our great nation. I will, I will. We are, um, you know, big-time military family. I have a son in the Air Force. My husband is a disabled Vietnam veteran, and... So we're big-time military. And, and do you uh, know this is a trend well. around the country that uh, military families are the ones doing all the, the service in our nation, that it's something that, that has become very insular, that a very small percent of American families provide all the men and women who go into the military? Yes, that's true. And I just found out that my oldest grandson is going to go into the Air Force um, in about a year or so, when he graduates from high school before he goes to the college, so yes, yeah, so it's a trend. Well, they all need to join uh, Navy Federal Credit Union and USAA. Yes, indeed. Now we we um, already um, support one of those, and and I'm looking into the other based on your um, suggestions. Well, how so, can I be of service to you with your whole family serving our <laughs> nation's freedom? I know, right? So, um, so we were looking at two, one of the big box stores um, auto purchase program, and also one of the um, insurance slash banking companies that has an auto purchase program as well. Oh, go ahead and name companies. I, I need to know who you're referring to to buy a vehicle. Okay, one is Costco, and the other is USAA. Okay, so. Um, it's actually good. Is this for a new vehicle for her or used? Well, she hasn't decided if it's going to be new or used, and she's also looking at leases again. No, and- no, no, <laughs> no. Why would you stab me in the heart like that and use a cuss word on our show? Leasing well, a car. I don't recommend the leases. But I do not her, recommend I- leases. They are... A financial disaster in almost all circumstances. There are very, very rare ones that someone will call me and say, I know you hate leasing, but what about this? And sometimes people will give me a reason that leasing works, but very rarely. Um, I think for her, yeah, I think for her in that she can turn it back in under the, you know, like the soldiers. Soldier and Sailors Relief Act or whatever, civil, whatever. Right. Yeah. Without too much penalty, she can turn it back in. So I think that's what attracts her. Okay. But I'm trying to convince her that if she buys a a used vehicle, maybe a year or two old, or even a new vehicle, and keep it 
10 or years or so that that's going to be her best bet. Well, I'm with you completely on that. And I would say if she buys new, the Costco car buying program and the USAA car buying programs work completely differently. So they work really well in tandem where whatever vehicle, if it is going to be a new vehicle that she wants to price out through the Costco program and price out through USAA, they're completely different ways of doing it. And it'll give a really good sense of which one of the two will be the best deal. And it varies by make and model and part of the country whether you're going to do better buying a vehicle under the USAA program or the Costco program. If she buys used, um, that's become a market that's much easier to buy a used car in a way that you're not going to get burned. Like used cars have always been you know, an area that we got a lot of complaints and hear a lot of problems from people with buying used cars. And I think really CarMax was the pioneer in cleaning up selling used cars. And then they have a company breathing down their necks, Carvana, C-A-R-V-A-N-A, where you buy a car right on your phone without ever seeing it. But both of them give you a right to return for a full refund. And I think they are the easy button for buying a used car. So I think doing the Costco or USAA new, looking at the the more customer-friendly used car places is great to look at for used. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Clark.com slash ask where you post a question for me and then we answer it many different ways. You could be talking directly to me. You could talk with a member of Team Clark or producer Joel could be asking your question for you. Yeah, Clark, Larry has a question. He says, Clark, you talk about using the Robinhood app to purchase stock. What site do you suggest that we use to do research on specific companies to help us make more educated stock purchase decisions, though? Wow. Okay, that is a wide open kind of thing because how you do the research depends a lot on what criteria you want to use to determine what makes a good company to own I think I like the um, the stock search tools on MarketWatch.com. I think Schwab and Fidelity do a very good job with their uh, market research tools. But my favorite is reading 10Q reports. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.